I, I'm really looking forward to seeing some some younger or different. It doesn't even have to be younger, but different leaders stand out just by naturally doing those things and naturally standing out. Um, and and really how that moves us, propels us forward for next year and, and the future from there. Um, I think to me that could have the biggest positive impact is the ability to to stand out and to lead differently than you typically would or you would typically have the opportunity to. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up and what is going on and welcome back to another installment of the Rufus Rundown. Back to back uploads. As you can see, we have a very special guest in Brandon Mendes from the Brand Breakfast of Champions podcast and also obviously head football coach at Old Colony High School. How are we doing today, Brandon? What's up, man? How you doing? It's good to be here. Thank you for having me again. I, I appreciate you hopping on because I know the schedule is looking mighty busy for you right now. Uh, I'm just enjoying life doing my thing, and Sorry. I'm going to be excited to watch some high school football in the very near future, whether it has to be from outside the fence over at OC or whether I'm calling a couple of games for New Bedford Cable. Nice. Well, we're, we're hoping we're hoping to hear some uh, hear some Lucas J on the mic at some point this season. So that would be, be fin- that would be fantastic. A little press pass. Look, we're, we're trying. I'm, gonna, I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> Hey man, I've always been open to working with OCTV for that. You know, I, I I was in that position once too. You know, I could do play by play or color or whatever it was. I've always been open to doing stuff with OCTV, stuff that's above me and above my equipment and stuff. But I know there's people there that I'm sure be looking, they'd be willing to do you know some different things and stuff. And I think that creatively, from my outlook in sports and from my past there and how much OC's meant to me, I've always, I've always. I mean, COVID aside, you know, if it wasn't for COVID, there were some ideas that I had to do. Of course, you and me had discussed a couple of them. Of things that I at least just like to shoot right. an email, at least bring to an attention. But you know, I'm always looking to give back, and I'm always looking to, you know, with my career and everything, and just have some fun with some stuff. And if I can help people along the way and bring a different kind of culture to OC, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. I've always been for it. Absolutely. Well, that's why that's what I'm saying, man. I'd love to get you involved again. You know. So it definitely, it definitely. I mean, it's what brings us here, right? It's what brings us here. It's why we're still sitting down having this conversation, right? That's right. You know it. So. I'll get through some ad reads first. Obviously, today's episode brought to you by Vins Organics. It is a natural herbal supplement for pain, bruises, um, any type of joint pain or stiffness, muscle aches, things like that. I've been taking it all throughout on my knee because I've still got knee issues, my shoulder, stuff like that. With the lifting I've been doing, um, pretty much anything, you know, with a lot of the stretching that I'm doing too after the fact. It, it has like an icy hot feel, but it, it has the effects of CBD, it's cheaper than CBD, cheaper than icy hot. And it works better than all of them. So it is your safe alternative. And go check them out at vinsorganics.com. Tell me boy Rufus sent you. So we'll get into this. I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to keep Brandon too long here because I know he's got a busy schedule. Um, obviously, fall two set to, say, to, to take place. Uh, practices have started for certain conferences this week. And I know practice is going to be starting for you guys next week. So obviously, there's a lot to get into. But first and foremost, what do you see as the biggest adjustments? I mean, obviously, there's some huge adjustments with COVID and everything. Uh, what do you see as the biggest adjustments right. um, that you have to address from the MIAA to make this season possible and make the season flow the way you guys need it to go? Yeah. Uh, well, before even stepping onto the field, you know, uh, there's no locker room. There's none of that going on. So uh, 
the changing and storage of equipment is something that uh, something we had to develop um, right off the rip before we even before we even presented to our school committee for approval. Um, I had to have a plan in place for that, um, which you know obviously I did, and I mean, it got you know passed and raving reviews and all that good stuff. So we're ready to roll there. So before you even step on the field, you know we There's already had to change a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I mean, because the locker situation. room, the locker room, is so much for camaraderie too. You know, there's a lot of you know relationships there. Bringing out the gear is one of the biggest things. I, I can't say how many times we ran for not having gear or not bringing gear in. <laughs> that alone was worth a lot of our conditioning. So that's going to come into play too for adjusting how much conditioning. It it, it was an opportunity to improve, not a punishment. Opportunity to improve. <laughs> Reminder opportunity. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's a concern. Um, but I think what trumps that is is really just getting kids out and playing, getting on the field and being active. Because um, you know, as you go dig down into the MIA guidelines, um, you know, for instance, if a kid gets injured, he's not coming on the bus. He's not dressing for the game. He's not on the sideline. He's watching the game at home live stream. Um, you know, a situation where we would typically bring up freshman or JV later in the season, practice with us. Maybe they see some time on Thanksgiving. Um, they really don't want crossover between the two levels this year. They really want to stick to varsity's varsity, sub-varsity, sub-varsity, and, and really try to avoid that as much as possible. Um, Which that so has you speak to about be. camaraderie. Yeah, that has to be that has to be a tough deal for you guys. I mean, having rosters of thirty to thirty-five kids, and thirty-five is probably putting it up is probably on the high end of the, yeah. of the of the kids you guys get to work with in total love of our city lineup and having freshmen and sophomores and whatnot move around. Right, right, and that's you know that's something we'll we'll figure out um, as, as we always do. You know, the numbers will start in the fifties and sixties and. You know, typically we don't think of the freshmen involved in that, and they're kind of on their own. And like you say, we hang in that dirty thirty area. <laughs> um, so definitely going to be interesting. Same same deal, you know. Um, it may be a situation where, you know, we get two buses, twenty three kids fit on a bus. I have to tell some kids, hey, you're not you're not coming to the game this Friday night because we don't have any room for you. You know, that's uh, where in the past we would bend over backwards to make sure. We got as many kids involved. Um, you know, like I said, if you if you're injured, maybe you're filming or you're doing water or something that day. There's none of that. Um, those are all things that are on hold right now. And again, is it counter counter from what we typically do? Sure, um, and, and kind of goes against everything we've we've always done. But like I said, it's more important to get kids out on the field and playing playing sports right now and getting involved in some stuff. Yeah, it's just um, it's just adapting. It's just having we have everybody has to adapt to it, and it's well understood on both sides, you know. With me, it thinks yeah. too. It's like you don't want to put a freshman in danger or in harm's way. No, but no. at the same time, if injuries or COVID does happen with such a small roster, it's tough to look at it and be like, "Well, who can you call up?" Because you can't just. It's not like you can just throw someone out there and be like, "Let's hope for the best," because people can get hurt. People don't have the same football background right. coming into high school physically aren't on that same level and it in that freshman team to junior varsity jump at least for me um i was always physically stronger but for a lot of kids is a huge jump from that 14 to 15 15 to 16 there is a monumental gap in terms of physical and just mental mm -hmm. makeup there and it, it's to no, to no fault of anybody's own it's just naturally how genetics work you know and, and that's out and that and, right. and you're totally right. out of control in terms of 
yeah, you can have, you know, you have the 50-60 there and you can work them through three teams, but who's ready to make that jump as a depth piece? You can't really list them on a depth chart, but the number is still there and it puts you it, it and it can put you in a pickle. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something to manage, especially like you said with, you know, COVID situations where close contacts, things like that. So, you know, we really initially are looking at being super creative about how we practice. Um, you know, there's a, there's a limit to the amount of contact now. Um, there's always been a limit to the amount of contact in practice, but it's dramatically cut. Um, no more than 90 minutes a week, never back-to-back days. And uh, I think it's no more than 30 minutes in a, in a, in a situation. So if you think about that in the terms of a, of a football practice, that's a <laughs> cutting a lot. Uh, a lot of contact out of the game, you know. It's a it's a double edged sword the way I look at it because um, you don't get to practice the hitting and you might be a little wobbly on it. But neither are other teams. But also in that same sense, dudes who dudes who can't hit all week, you know, that junior or that senior, he had a tough week in class. He struggled in his online classes. He's coming out and he, he's looking to lay some wood. He's an angry yeah. dude, you know. And yeah. people who haven't been out there, they had their their their, their last season cut. Not even you know. Uh, other sports seasons, they haven't been out there with their team, out there with their right. boys. They're going to go out there looking to lay some wood. They're going to come out there with some juice. So as long as the conditioning adds up, they're out there. Now, of course, the only way to get better at tackling is just doing it. Is it getting used to the contact, doing it, doing Correct. it, doing it, doing it, doing it. But all these other schools are also going to be lacking that too. So early on in that season, I mean, the best reps you're going to get are going to be in games, which is going to be probably not not great at all early for either side. You know, it's going to be a matter of the like, like you always mention. You know, the mental fortitude and the mental focus. You know, staying, staying in there and staying with it, and not allowing one bad play to break you, or not allowing one good play to make you know take you up here. It's it's going to be about being able to mentally stay balanced on that football field as you work throughout the season. It, it, it's staying the course, you know, because there's going to be big swings both ways, yeah. missed tackles, misreads. You know, there's going to be a lot of home run plays early, oh, yeah. but also conditioning is going to come into it. Everything. I mean, everything's thrown together so quick. And you look at it from that standpoint, yeah. it can be a total mess. But at the end of the day, everybody is thankful to be back out there, which is also going to bring some yeah. of these great plays to a light. You know, so I think there's a good balance in terms of the genuine passion for the coaches in the sideline and and the people that have put this together to happen, and the kids who just and, and really who's at the forefront of it. The kids you want the kids to be out there, who are really going to you know take take it right. on. But also there's that double edged sword where it's like. There's gonna be a there's gonna be a lot of hits, but there's gonna be literally a lot of hits, but a lot of misses as well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, if it, like you alluded to, the quality of football may be um, a little different than we're used to, especially early on. I think once we get in the swing of things, we'll be fine. Um, and we, you know, we've already met we met with the coaches last night over Zoom for two and a half hours. Um, really, kind of, you know, me. I, I I rolled in there with a four page agenda you know, single space, 10 font of stuff to cover. And we didn't get to football until page three and a half. So, um, but we're really looking at being creative, um, especially early on um, scheduling wise and, and drill skills and drills. Um, really, really looking at some, some different types of things than we're used to, which would be fine. And, and it's honestly not the worst thing in the world. You know, I've already had a few ideas that have been like, Oh, I'm just going to stick with this moving forward. And I'm sure there's going to be things that I'm going to say, oh, man, this is terrible. I don't ever want to have to do this again. You know, it, 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 in a sense, I looked at the coaches last night. I said, hey, I'm going to need you guys at the end of April to be reflective and look back and say, 
this worked, this didn't work. What do we want to bring with us? What do we want to leave behind? Because um, Lord hopes by the second or third week of August, we're back rocking and rolling by, you know, in, in full bore again. So. It, it, it's going to be very commendable to not only the kids on the field and people that's made it happen, but the coaching staff as well, because there's going to be so much headaches to deal with from you on your part in terms of adjusting for yeah. this, adjusting for COVID, and then adjusting, you know, tackling or adjusting lineups or adjusting plays and play calling and all, like, all of the above is going to be changed. Now, some may stick. I think the good thing is we've been using wristbands since Jesus. I mean, since I've played a varsity snap, I've been wearing a wristband, and we've had the ability to go NASCAR on the snap of fingers. Why? Because we were conditioned well, because we had faith in that offense, and we had the ability to know who's on the field, had everything set up, had very distinguished formations, and we knew just, you know, when, you, when you're rocking and rolling, you're running power ISO, power ISO. It, it, it keeps the other team, on. you know, the other team doesn't know what's going on. But at the end of the day, you know you're running two plays out there. We're not, we're not running the full playbook out there. We were running, you know, one or two of the same plays because we knew what we could do with it. Um, of course, that's right. going to be changed a little bit too because I'm sure huddling and everything is going to look a lot different in terms of, you know, the NFL, they have the green dot and the helmet. But in terms of who the play callers are and everything um, or the wristbands, how, how that's going to go. So the quarterback and your defensive captain's uh, leadership for players on field leadership from the coaches as an adult standpoint is going to be huge but not but the leadership from your upperclassmen and your seniors on the field and, and people that you rely on as well just as kids they're going to be asked of a lot more um than just to make the plays but to also keep those teams in check because you, you guys can only have so much from your distance right and funny you say that huddling's not a thing um you can only huddle you have to be six feet apart and you all have to face the same direction so the quarterback can't look in and call a play um, so of course, like you said, we, uh, we've been using wristbands since my days as, you know, my first year as a head coach and, uh, you know, it will, we, we've already come up with a plan to further develop it so we can do a little more with it. Um, you know, and really be show some incremental growth over the season with it. Um, but you know, is it timeouts and things like that? That's a, that's a whole nother, you know, what kind of social, what kind of interaction is stuff is going to look like in timeouts. I actually uh, reached out to the um, officials assigner and I'm meeting with him tomorrow night just to talk over rule interpretations, their expectations, what officials are going to be looking at, what they want to see. Um, you know me, I always like to get ahead of that stuff and really have a clue. Um, so we can practice the way it's going to have to be. We don't show up at, huge, at game yeah. one and, and look, look stupid. We're, we're rocking and rolling you know right off the rip from day one and that's really how we're, we're approaching it you know so and that and all that stuff even comes before you call a play all that stuff comes before you know you make a defensive snap and you're in your four three you're in your five two you know that that comes all before that all these kids have to be oh, adjusted yeah. to that as well as you do and then oh my god the ball is snapped there's people moving there's guards pulling there's tackles blocking down all this has to be taken care of and all of a sudden there's still a football game to be played so like I said, there's going to be a lot of testaments to the players and the coaches here. So as tough yeah. as it's going to be, by the end of it, you're going to be able to sit down in April or w whenever the season may be ending with, with your schedule and be able to sit back and be like, take that deep breath, but also look around and be like, you know, wait, you, you thought you had, you know, obviously the o OC coaching staff has been great for a very long time. And they're going to be able to adapt to this, but a lot of coaching staffs are really going to have their make or break years here too with being able to adjust to all this because, of course, these it's not like college. It's not like the NFL or this is a full-time job. I mean, there's guys that have to you know, go through school, go through work. And this is, there's, there's all this stuff added on, on top of what they were already doing. You know, I know coach Patel does so much with film research. Right. Coach Doby does so much with f film research. 
Coach Pont being a teacher and everything, but also adjusting to film research. And everything. You guys are so big on film and are so good with your communication outside of practices. But all, but all this gets added on top of everything you guys have already done. So for like for scheduling and such like that. Now, speaking of scheduling, what what does like the team schedule for games and practices? What does that kind of look like without giving away too much? But like, what do you kind of have set up for um, to to kind of to deal to deal with this? I guess I, I, the best we can say with the deal with it, adjust to it, adjustment. What are the biggest adjustments you've made in terms of right. scheduling and how you're going to prepare for games and what that looks like? Well, I actually, you know, scheduling practice-wise, games, we got a seven-game schedule. We're, we're blessed. I couldn't be happier. The first few games, we've locked down a couple turf fields in case fields are, field conditions are subpar, things like that. So we'll actually, our first game will be at New Bedford High on the on the top field on the turf on uh, Friday, the night, uh, March 19th against Strike County. Yeah, see my first uh, Which will be pretty cool. There. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. Cougar come um, right off the bat. Yeah, we, you know, we made some jokes about not that you, you know, can lift a trophy tweet. or anything. <laughs> no, 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 we can touch it. They have to keep it in <laughs> safe um, You know, their coach, good guy, um, tweeted at me. So, how about a bunny bowl instead of the Cougar Cup? And I said, oh, let's do it. We actually, uh, you know, we might have it being right on the heels of uh, St. Patrick's Day. Maybe the winner gets a pot of corned beef and cabbage. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, but in terms of practice schedule, um, we're actually, and I, I saw this idea, I stole it from Blackstone Valley tech, um, their first week as well. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it and I, I reached out to their coach who got right back to me. Uh, nice guy. I was, you know, it's, it's cool that the coaching fraternity is developing in a different way. You know, typically I would have no connection, no connection to Blackstone. And I saw his tweet. And I, I, re, I, you know, I slid in the DMs and <laughs> he, uh, he, you know, he answered right back. I just, hey, you know, coach, I saw your idea. I think it's brilliant. You have anything you, you're willing to share? And he just gave me a quick synopsis of like what his first few days are going to look like. And I said, oh, man, that's brilliant. Um, so coming out of vocational school, you have half the kids in the building at a time. So like when we start next week, seniors and sophomores are in the building. Juniors and freshmen are home learning remotely. So we're actually going to go split squad for the first week of practice. So 10-12 will practice from 245 to 415. And then while they're condi- while the first group's conditioning and taking off, I'm going to be checking in 4 o'clock kids and starting to practice at from 4 o'clock to 5, 520 or whatever. Um, so you're basically going about an hour and 20 minutes apiece. And it's all position groups, you know, that first week. We're not going any team at all. Um, so all you're indie, really all focused all indie. So lots of conditioning, lots of skills and technique, a um, lot of teaching and a lot of lot of reps. Because you got to think about it, super small groups. Um, how many junior and freshman running backs are there going to be? Less than a dozen at a time. You know what I'm saying? So there's going to be a ton of reps. Really going to – for me, it's looking at it going – it's a good chance to really focus on some early technique, early expectations. And we're also setting ourselves up for some success, meaning, you know, I'm not bringing 30 kids from the outside into the program with kids who have been in the building all day. You know, we're really at least for the first week or so. And then I think, you know, we're talking about adapting that moving forward 
and really only doing team time a little bit during the week. Um, maybe some crisscross action where one group's in, one group's out, things like that. Um, that's just, you know, one small piece of how we've looked at things and started to be a little bit creative. Um, again, which is <laughs> totally opposite of anything I've ever done. You know, for me, it's getting the whole team there, getting up, getting loud, getting excited. Um, I mean, you know me, there'll be no shortage of enthusiasm every day. <laughs> um, I almost feel like I have to drive the bus even more with that, you know? Yeah. I feel like there's definitely a lull around us. So to get that excitement back up and to bring it all back in is going to be important. And that's something that, I'll, you know me, I'll, I'll take that on myself. Bring a speaker, um, pump in some crowd noise for the, for, the, for, the, for a couple of running backs out there. You know what I'm saying? Like hey. any, any type of noise, any type of thing that bring up the energy, you know, almost like, like kind of drill sergeant-esque type stuff to just kind of keep that mental focus and keep that adrenaline up so people don't kind of get lulled into just going through the motions, you know? Right, and I think that's something that we're looking at trying to break right right away, too. With the smaller groups, with the more personal attention, you'll be a lot more opportunities to get going, stay moving, you know? Um, and, and selfishly, we kind of looked at it and said, the more kids you have moving at once and less standing around, because the less you have to worry about kids not social distancing or kids, you know, hey, you're not six feet away on with your on your mask break, things like that. You know, it, it really lends itself to creating good habits right off the rip. So I think that's a another big one for us. Looking at looking at our planning. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it shows too that if there is a kid that's just going through the motions, I mean, you, you'll you'll pull no punches there. Especially, uh, especially especially in a year where you know everything's really going to be open position wise and everything coming where you graduate a certain amount of seniors and you have uh whatever you know a younger team you're looking at. You know, if 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 someone decides to go through the motions, well, the person behind them is out working them. Well, guess who's going to see most of the reps in the game? Because it's not a matter of whether they can show it in practice because it's very limited. They are showing it in practice. You're not seeing them against the other kids. You know, you're not going to see them up against really mainly other kids until that game day comes. So if you can get them juiced up and they're juiced up, then, you know, you just kind of you, you kind of ride that hot hand and you, you run with it. So, I mean, it's going to it's going to it's going to be a lot of mental fortitude in the kids and how much how bad do they really want it? How bad do they really want to? You know, you're not just out there to be out there because you can only have so many kids on a bus. You can have only so many kids on this roster for COVID and everything. No, nothing is a given. You know, get out there and, and get and, and take what you can get. And if someone's not going to be willing to do something like that, I know you guys won't take a, won't even hesitate for a second in terms of the difference between effort and whose whose ability is what. Absolutely, you know that that's effort. Always effort first. I'll coach effort over ability anytime. Um, and actually, you reference leadership. I'm really looking forward to some new type of leadership coming to the forefront. Um, you know, obviously graduating 15, 16 seniors, which have a, a very, they had a very good run, you know, um, a lot of great guys are going to miss them. But I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, maybe it's a, a couple key juniors who for the first few weeks, they're just going to be all alone with the, with the freshmen, you know, it's not like we're going to be having it. Okay. You're a senior, you're a leader. Anybody's open to be a leader at this point. And I'm really anticipating seeing some different faces stand up and stand out. And I mean, that excites me, you know, and, and the um, cool not just for this year, but looking forward. And, and I think the cool thing is with that too, is that, I mean, you know, I mean, when I was, I was blessed to be in a senior class that was full of leaders, whether it be someone who was rah, rah, a lot more of us uh, were, were more lead by example type players. I think, you know, we didn't really have a lot of, a lot of vocality. I mean, 
I might have been probably the most vocal out of all of us, other than people that were yelling at times, you know. Other yeah. than the other than the grunts and stuff, I think I might have. I don't, I don't consider myself to be a vocal leader at all, and I think I was the most vocal out of the bunch. Um, and it's a lot of leading by example. And in those smaller groups, you don't have to lead. You don't have to be vocal at all. If you're giving your all effort and you're making the right cuts and making the right adjustments to where the coaches are addressing it. And, you know, you might help out a freshman by pointing something out here or, or there. That's what all the matter is going to be. So it's not like you have to go through 40 of your guys yelling and getting all juiced up and pounding your chest. Like, you know, there's been other guys that have done that. There's other guys that have had success doing that. Brian Erlacher's, Ray Lewis's. But at the end of the day, they led by example first before even saying anything. Because the only way anybody's going to respect anything that comes out of your mouth is if you're doing it the right way at every snap of practice. And I so think – and, 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 and at the very good. And at the very base, that is what these kids are going to be developed into. Is that if you're not giving your, you know, if you're not taking every rep seriously, we're they're, they're especially now coaches are going to know. There's no, there's no hiding. There's no hiding on film, and there's definitely no hiding when it comes to being in individual groups at practice. So, you know, I I think it's there's going to be a, a large accountability curve, and like you said, working with a younger team, you can't ask for more than that. You know. Whatever the results may be on the field or on the scoreboard, that's one thing. But you're developing a very good, strong core and bond of uh, of camaraderie there, but also of that accountability, even more so than OC normally provides. You know, and I think it's good for any school that if you can if you can practice and preach that accountability and taking every snap seriously, and even in the indies, you'll you'll see that grow into a year after where the sophomores and juniors. You know, are are are, are in, it continue to stay in that mindset? Continue to have that motor driving them forward, and and it's only it only shows growth from there. Especially working out and stuff like that too. You know, on your own time, I'm sure. You know that that's a big thing too. Is it, there's probably going to be a lot of conditioning on their own as well. Yeah, well, and hopefully a lot of them have been doing it their own <laughs> leading up to. I know it's been recommended quite a bit. Um, so we'll you know we'll see. You know, you're never quite in football shape until you start getting in football shape. Until, you, um, until you're in game shape, man. You, you know, can be the best shape of the world. Yeah, it's it's never it's never the same. Um, it'd be interesting. You know, <laughs> we're typically starting when it's ninety and finishing when it's twenty, but we're <laughs> starting when it's thirty and whatever the the last day of April looks like for weather. Who the hell knows? You know, at this rate, you um, never know. So that's gonna be an interesting adjustment. Um, getting your lungs up early on in the cold weather is going to be a different, different animal. Um, yeah, it's, it's again. I think obviously I, wearing a mask, you know, would be different. But it was something that I think I had addressed like way long ago too, talking about what the difference may be in terms of going from cold to hot as opposed to hot to cold. You know mm. how it takes that much more to be into that shape as the season goes on. So. Game, you're normally in better game shape because you go through hell week. It's 80, 90 degrees. You know, you're sweating through it. And as the season goes on, it's colder and you have more reps under you. Well, now you're, you're the only more game reps you're getting are through games, which is, that's the same. But it's only bound to get warmer. So the conditioning is going to be probably more, you know, even more so ramped up in terms of that sense, in terms of, of just the feeling for the kids because it might be the same stuff they're doing or even less. But with the heat and everything coming into it, it's totally a different. It's a body shock. It's a total body. It, I think it's a total body shock for all these kids, at least in Massachusetts, for that adjustment for these for these cold states that are used to going from warm to cold right. as opposed to cold to warm. Right, and you know me. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to push. You know, walk around with a gallon of water, um, eat eat right, get good sleep. You know, all those good things that, just because it's cold out, doesn't make take that off the table. Still got to treat your body right to get it to perform the way you need it to. So. Um, we had actually, 
that's going to be my recommendation is everyone just buy your own gallon of water because there's no water there's no water buffalo there's no individual you know everyone's responsible to bring their own water every day um so i i get a jug carry it around with you and that's that you know so you're saying sprite the night before a game is not not the go-to oh. not the go-to <laughs> No, Sprite and B-dubs is not the way to go. What <laughs> was it, Chili's? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. oh, boy. Oh, boy. That was, no. a, that was a path that I wasn't ready to venture down, but the, the, the Sprite was just uh, a, 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 not not a slight... No, I guess you can call it a dig at Ryan. It's the only dig you can take at Ryan because everything else he does is not only is not only better than you, but just head and shoulders above <laughs> ahead of you when it comes right. to Ryan Baker. But... Um, in terms of like you said, like with in-house and coaching and stuff, what are, what are those adjustments look like for you as a head coach, but also like individual positions? I mean, obviously you're going to have to lean on. I mean, not that you don't lean on those guys before or don't have any judgment, but obviously there's going to be some different responsibilities for each individual head coach in terms of how they go about this, because not only do they have to know all the COVID and everything like that, but there's going to be you have to approach it without like as much contact or anything like that. There's going to be there's going to be a ton of different ways to have to approach this to get the best out of the kids while they're out there, because at the end of the day. You know, you're still trying to put your best foot forward out there as opposed to just being out there. There's, there's, you can be out there and give your effort and everything, but also everybody needs to be safe and also everybody needs to be committing to, you know, playing the game of football the right way. Right. And, well, and, you know, my role as a head coach, I told, you know, our guys last night, you guys, I want, I want them to focus on coaching football, obviously in a safe manner. Um, and, and make it a great experience with the kids. I'll do all the, the, the BS. I'll handle the COVID stuff. I'll deal with all the extracurricular. You guys just go coach football from six feet away and have a great time, you know. Um, but I'm going to be calling on, the, on them a lot because, you know, basically pairing them up in position groups day to day and asking them to almost be responsible. No, and, and they already are. I mean, let's be honest. I've I don't even have to go look at, the line at any point unless they call me over because I know it's handled, you know? <laughs> um, but I'm almost taking, taking myself out of the equation and really only I'm more of a nomad traveling from group to group, kind of sticking my two cents in and, and bopping around where I need to go. Um, and then, you know, looking at these guys like developing skills and drills to eliminate contact, uh, significant contact and keep kids moving and active, you know? Um, so that, that's really a lot, a lot extra for them, not to mention, you know, things like I'm putting on them dismissal from practice, kids are getting dismissed. They got to walk their position groups down to the, the, the student lot so they can get rides. Whereas in the past we'd hang in the coach's office, kids would kind of meander, hang out in the locker room a little bit. There's none of that, you know, now it's a situation where I'm asking assistants to walk down the path with their kids keep them six feet apart all the time you know that's just a little bit extra stuff while i hold down the fort make sure everything's sanitized locked up all that good stuff so it's uh <laughs> asking for some extras out of those guys is hard for me to do because you know i don't like to do it they do such a great job and they're so phenomenal that asking for extras is tough for me but it's what we got to do and, and there was no uh clearly there was no complaint there was no questioning there was nothing it was yes coach whatever you need you know, just like the kids do. It's phenomenal to work with guys like that. Yeah, it's, it, it, I, it's, my, when I address it as, obviously knowing old colony, none of what I would bring, bring to the table there, obviously there's everything's been accounted for, everything's been adjusted to, 
and everybody's on that same page. But it speaks for other coaching staffs who maybe in their first year, like first, if you're a first year head coach this year, um, I believe for Haven High is going to have a first year head coach this year. How difficult does it? First year for Haven, but. He's, but he, uh, I, I, he's a proven yeah. He's no, I, 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 underst- I understand that. That's obviously not But like, to adjust to a new school, to adjust to new players, and to bring different coaches into your staff, you might not have all the same coaches you had in your, on your previous staff. You know, that's certainly going to be yeah. even, even more on your plate. Or even if you're a first-year head coach in general, you know, if your first year of coaching like high school football, um, or your first year as a, you know, first year as a head coach coming up from whatever be a coordinator or an assistant coach or anything like that or a JV coach. Um, up in these areas, it's just, it it must be you know if you had a full plate before, you know you're going for seconds at that rate. <laughs> yeah, your first year as a head coach is a whirlwind. It 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 flies, and you don't even capture half the stuff that goes on around you because you're just busy trying to keep afloat and keep everything on on the up and up. You know, um, so I I. I <laughs> I wish anybody out there who's the first year coach the best and offer my, you know, offer my, my well wishes. And if there's anything I can do, hit me up because, uh, God bless you. It's a lot, you know, it's a lot to begin with, um, head football coach and, or head coach of any high school sport is a lot to manage. Um, you know, especially when you do things like you throw in the, you know, managing academics and things like that. Well, it's cool when I can pop into, Johnny science class and, and see what's going on. I can't pop into Johnny science class when he's, you know, in a, in, in a remote class, it doesn't work like that anymore. You know? Um, so there, there's additional, <laughs> additional challenges, challenges to it there too. Um, so yeah. It, it, and like you said, even, you know, Derek Almeida after Haven, him and I work well together. We, we've, we've done camps at mass maritime and such together. Um, Great coach. He's going to turn Faven around without a doubt. But, um, you know, just like you said, adapting to a new system. I know I walked into Old Colony having worked there for a year but not coached there, and it was still a huge adjustment, you know. So to, to change and try to pick something up the way the way that has to roll is going to be going to be difficult. Going to be difficult for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I just think that, like you said, adjustments in terms of you know, no one able to hang around in the locker room after. I know a lot of times where I would take my time and amount of conversations I'd have with you about the upcoming games or whatever, or if Doby was there, or if Coach Pont was there, whatever we would address. Because you know, obviously, as your leaders become you know more of adults, more of those conversations can go back and forth because you, you lean on us to also have our you know have those leaders and those captains obviously have those conversations with the younger kids as well and what the expectation are. I mean, a lot of times, I mean, Jared would be there late lifting or. Me that me Jared and Brad would be there later, yeah. whatever it may be, um, with you guys while you guys were doing whatever while we were getting as much work in as we can. You know, you, you can't you can't see that side, so it's all within the practice. You know, within that practice that within that time, and like I said, like with with the coaching and everything, as as it, adjusting like that is going to be one thing for that, but another to like to adjust to new programs, to new players, not to new guidelines. You know, you serve a full plate, but now it it, it no. serves you more as like the NFL style of head coach where. Not a lot. Not a lot of them game plan. Not a lot of them game plan. Not a lot of them play call. You know the Bell. Bell I mean, Bill doesn't is, is not your play caller or anything. He only, he runs a team. You know, Andy Reid runs a team. He is the offensive play caller, but a, a lot of that does fall on the enemy's shoulders as well too. So, I mean, not that you guys didn't have the art of delegation down, but for any young coach, trusting that art of delegation and trusting his staff is going to be a it has to be a monumental thing because 
if you think you can be Superman and do it all on your own, you're, you 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 definitely couldn't be that guy before. Certainly not now. Oh, no. And I'm I'm blessed to have the guys I have with me. Uh, we all trust each other. We all know each other. You know, this is our third year with the entire group back, which is awesome. Um, you know, I love that. But you know, we know what we all know what we're bringing to the table. We all know what to expect from each other every day. There's not a question of well, I don't know if he knows that or I don't know what he's going to bring today. Like I know what I'm getting. They know what they're getting at all times, and that's huge. Not only for consistency but for quality as well um you know some things will change the the, the coach's office conversations where it's 75 percent good times and and bs and you know telling stories and 25 percent football and whatever uh you know that's going to be sad to not have those well, for me you know maybe those will be happening in the, in the parking lot once it warms up a little bit um but we already kind of you know the football coaches group chat has become a lot more active than in the past and then uh you know we've we said maybe we need to commit to at least one night a week post practice after dinner sitting down as a group through zoom and uh you know just kind of ha- hacking stuff some stuff out what we've seen from the week and what what the adjustments need to be going into you know pre-game thursday friday type stuff um and then something as small as watching film you know there's there's, there's no Screen more sitting share. mr lincoln Get a, get a coach's yeah. Discord together. That's it. Well, we'll be uh, – we can actually share Huddle through Zoom. Oh, so, perfect, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll be, uh, we'll be watching film on Saturday mornings on Zoom as a team instead of, you know, Monday Mondays in, in Lincoln's room. Yeah, so. well, I mean, like a lot of that camaraderie built there too. So all, all real legitimate adjustments. Of course, I'd have been – I mean, and as a coach, and you, you guys have a plateful – and I was going to offer to, to text Matt Trahan as well, too, but I could only think of how busy your schedule is going to look, what an athletic director in Massachusetts looks like right now. I cannot imagine oh. I cannot imagine what he has to deal with. I cannot imagine what he has to attack right now. And, the, and what he had to handle before as an AD was one thing, but what he has to deal with right now has to be just never seen before. you know. And I have full faith in Matt, but then again, there's probably other first-year athletic directors out there, athletic directors you know, adjusting or maybe even athletic directors that stepped down and gave it to somebody else because they didn't want to deal with this kind of stuff. There's, there's gotta be you know, a, a whole lot of pressure on uh, Matt right now. And I'm sure ADs around Massachusetts and these States up here in terms of what the restrictions look like specifically in similarity to mass. Right. Well, speaking specifically about Matt, you know, he's the best, he's one of the best in the state. Um, and, and you know, it, it's been a good resource cause you know, him and I obviously, have a good relationship, good working relationship. Um, good being a severe we, understatement. <laughs> you know, we uh, we've gone. I, I feel bad for his wife. I think he's talked to me more in the past two weeks than he's talked to her. <laughs> She's the nicest woman in America. So, um, you know, we've gone back and forth. Everything, you know, the majority of the stuff that I've done, I've bounced it off to him before I presented it. A lot of stuff he's done, he's run by me first before it rolls out. You know, and his big thing is he he and the school committee commended him and a big part of them approving us having sports is their faith in him and the coaches to run a quality experience and a quality safe program. And uh, you know, he he's he's drilled that down on us quite a bit and given us a lot of not only a lot of credit 
because he knows he's been showing a lot of confidence in us, but a lot of autonomy. You know, he, <laughs> I same thing. I, I, I dumped five or six things at him and said, Matt, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. This is why this is the plan. Scoured it over. And he's like, you got it, you know? Um, so him and I have, have, have spent a lot of time together. We're working through a lot of stuff together. God bless him. Um, I think he may find a little solace at times in having a few veteran coaches, myself, Coach Pedroza, boys soccer, you know, um, a little bit less stress as he's got a couple newer coaches that may need a little more attention and, you know, just need a little more guidance because uh, there's not a whole lot of experiences Mia Pedroza probably haven't come across, but your first or second year coaches may may have some more challenges. Um so there's there's a lot, you know, same same deal. He's looking at it like he's he's a COVID commander at this point, you know. In addition to running a successful athletic program um, statewide, uh, and we actually on our show yesterday we had um, Fran Witten, who's the head of uh, uh, Mass Secondary Schools Athletic Administrators Association, and uh, wicked nice guy, great guy. We had a great conversation with him, but he he made the same sentiment about what athletic athletic directors are going through right now is completely unprecedented. It's never been seen. And the amount of work and stress that they're under is just out of this world. It's like and a presidential the, cabinet. The oh God. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. And the amount of sports that have gone off successfully already and things are only getting better is, is truly a testament to strong ADs in the state and, you know, the support from their administrative teams. Yeah, I mean, I guess locally you can look at it as the advantage of you can look at Aiden Bedford High, you can look at the Bishop Stangs, you can look at a couple of these schools that have been locally around here that have been able to launch some sports um, and run with those sports and see how they did their thing, pick those coaches' brains, like you had mentioned before, the camaraderie of coaches and the fraternity fraternity of of, of head coaches around all different sports being able to have that uh, communication and how they address things and being open to helping out because that's all that really matters right now because, you know, Wins and losses go out the window when a pandemic hits, and it's all about getting the kids out there and, and making sure the kids are safe and making sure the kids have the best experience they can have while you know still producing at a high level in doing it. Right, and that's really our goal. You know, I mean, anyone who tells you they don't want to win is full of baloney. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's why but we all still do it and do do our things. Is that competitive nature? Right, but at the end of the day, the true essence of educational athletics is to give learning, leadership, and growth opportunities to young adults through athletics and through experience, you know? And anyone who doesn't do it for those reasons should probably look at themselves in the mirror and reconsider. Um, you know, uh, not to be frank about it, but probably no, don't I mean, belong I, Yeah, so yeah, it's time, time to reevaluate your career choices at that point because your morals aren't in the right spot and you're probably going to misstep at some point in terms of what you're trying to do. If, if there's some ladder you're trying to climb, you're using, you're essentially stepping on kids to get a boost up. And that's just not, that's not the road that, that it's unacceptable to be quite honest. No, it's not the, like I said, I'm always big on, you know, I'll tell you a story. When I interviewed for my first head coaching job um, for a softball coach at Old Colony, first thing I did was take the school mission statement and adapt it into terminology and things that apply to the softball team. So I basically tied my team mission statement 
to the school mission statement and just kind of tweaked it so it applied to softball instead of the overall school. You know, because if I'm aligned with the school's mission, I'm doing something right. You know, I just got to make it my own at that point. So, you know, to really stick stick ahead and say, hey, this is what I want to do. This is why I'm doing this is really an important thing and having the right priorities in place. It's going to be visible now, especially through COVID, you know, through coaching through a pandemic or running sports through a pandemic. It's going to be visible who's doing things the right way and who's not. That's a, yeah. I can tell you that we'll do stuff the right way. Yeah, the sac- the sacrifices that everybody's going to have to make, it's going to be very visible, and it's going to be on a visibility stage because of the streaming going on and news reports and everything because there's nothing that will draw more of an attention to a newspaper or more of an attention to a YouTube video or more of an attention to anything than COVID-19 or not. If anything is in relation to that with reflecting being ever being reflected poorly on a school or a coaching staff, a lot of people are going to hear about it. Correct. Correct. You know, a lot of, like you said, a lot of things that typically eh, may slide by or slip under the rug. Not happening right Everyone's now. Under maybe, the maybe never again. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's actually a kickoff to my team meeting next week is that all eyes are on us. You know, maybe when you walk in, I'll play the Tupac song. I don't know. But um, <laughs> all eyes are on us, especially because we're the first ones out of the gate. Um, all the other sports in the Mayflower aren't st- start until March 10th. So we're a full week plus ahead of everyone else. So essentially all eyes are on us right away. And as you know? as high school football and high school football players always have been, you know, there's a lot of great sports that go on at all high schools. But at the end of the day, through through culture, through movie culture, through adult culture, through growing up, the the image of a high school, I believe, will always come down to the high school football team. They they set they set the motto, they they set the culture, they really set what it means to be an athlete at that school, and a lot of people will fall into line behind them. You'll find very few stragglers from how the football team sets up in terms of how they treat people, how they go about themselves in the classroom, which is another thing too. You can't really do your check-ins in the classroom. And how do you hold a, 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 how do you hold an athlete academically accountable when they're learning online for two weeks too, where it might be a tough adjustment for them and it's not for lack of effort and it's not for them goofing off or, or any type of disciplinary record. You know, they're just flat out struggling to adjust to that online environment. No, but the football, of course, it's ironic enough that football will have the first opportunity to see because I've always believed that the football team um, at any of these high schools really does set the way in terms of how athletes are to behave and where the standards are set for the rest of those athletes because, you know, they're always the big names. And that's what's always been talked about from Mike's and movie culture all the way up to just my experiences and from parents' experiences. That, 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 is, that is where you sit atop in terms of people that pay attention to that's the sport. Right. And you know, we, we, uh, we, we teach that, you know, we, we, we teach you that you're the, you're the role models, you're the leaders, you know, you really do set the standard for everyone else, regardless of athletes, non-athletes that none of that matters. You know, you, your first essential job is to be a good student and a good citizen in the building and out of the building and everything else will fall into place. Um, so, you know, we, we, that's something that we clearly believe in and we teach and, it must have been effective at some point because <laughs> you know you're still you're still living by that but it's true um you know like you said movie culture definitely historically speaking um especially in the state of massachusetts football's football's a big deal you know and i'm not discrediting any other sport or making 
any le- any other sport less passionate or enjoyable. Like you said, it's t- a lot of times it's the biggest, mo- gets the most notoriety, has the most participants, and uh, really does set a standard for everything else that goes, goes with it. Yeah, definitely not putting down any of the sports because I was thinking the oh. other day too, I want to bring Serge on. I talk soccer all the time. I talk, I'm probably more than anybody else, probably than any more, anybody, more than anybody else around here or running these podcasts um, in terms of from an American culture point of view. Like, There's probably specific soccer podcasts from American culture point of view, but I've seen very few people be able to transition like me between the two because you know they just don't know it. It's hard to follow both. I would love to bring Serge on the show. Um, because I, even back then, I told oh, him. He's, he's a great conversation too. He's the man. Um, cause I've had, a, I've been having conversations back in the day about like sports writing and stuff like that, even back in the day in, you know, in those English classes, that's where I really decided like, you know, started to find like a drive to write because he would let us write what we wanted to write, you know, and made our own blogs and stuff like that. I remember back in the day, he did have a genuine impact me, impact on me in that sense. And, you know, talking soccer and stuff like that, um, would love to bring Serge on too. I figured I'd get that out there all, all in the same go. I like it. I like it. Um, just to circle back, and, and I, I'll throw that out there, Adam, when I see him, because great guy, great, phenomenal teacher. I got an email. You know, you know great guy, great teacher, and uh, always a good conversation. He's he's funny as hell. So, um, but just to circle back, you know, you talked about kids struggling through remote learning, and there's definitely some fatigue around that going on. You can sense it, you can feel it, um, and I actually, you know. We do our mid-trimester progress reports and stuff through the school, and I'll still be my, doing my every cycle progress reports because that's how we do business. But um, you know, anybody who was struggling, I kind of reached out to ahead of time and said, hey, here's your grade in this class. Why don't you reach out to the teacher, open up lines of communication about what needs to be done, what you can do, what kind of support you need, and if you need additional help, I'll be more than happy to bridge that for you. I'll be the bridge. Just you need to be the one who starts the train. You need to get it going. Adulting. And I actually Adulting. Had, yeah, right. And I had a few kids actually reach back out to me and, and say, hey, I, I talked to this teacher and we're going to do this, this, and this. And so for me, you know, I've already kind of transitioned into managing it in that method where I'm making the kids open up the door of communication and then I'm going to follow up to make sure that, that they're doing their part. And if they're not, or if they need additional help, they may say, Coach, I just can't do this. Well, that's what I'm here for, to help bridge the gap, you know. Um, and it's obviously it's different on the shop end. The shop end, I'll just go down in your shop. Get, give me an excuse to get out of the office for a little <laughs> bit. You know, get, get out of the cube and see some people, have some human interaction. Um, but it's definitely another challenge, but I, I think – our kids have done a great job adapting to it and doing the best they can. I mean, I'll tell you, I didn't send out very many danger of failing letters, um, which is in- encouraging because things are definitely difficult right now. And we've done some innovative things at school to try to help, you know, alleviate some of that pressure. But at the end of the day, kids still got to pass. Kids are taking MCAS in, in May um, with the ex- expectation that they have to pass to graduate, things like that. Um, all the accountabilities are still in place at the state level. So, you know, and again, talk about teachers doing, going above and beyond. My goodness, the amount of work they're doing to try to help kids get their skills gaps closed and be able to not just not just be assessed, but to continue on in the curriculum and continue to learn has been phenomenal. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll, if, if, if for me personally, I've missed now two semesters of college, and I'm totally changing the college that I'm going to be going to. Whether I haven't decided on that yet, I have a number one option. Uh, but you know, yeah. Connecticut School of Broadcasting is an option. Dean College is an option. Curry College is where I sit at the number one right now. Um, but two full semesters off from school because I couldn't. I just the online. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I mean, that's at the college level. But coming from a kid who's on who's the on, I was on the dean's list all the way through college. I was above a three five. You know, I I graduated high school with a four oh one. You know, I'm not a dumb kid, but it yeah. just gets to the point where it's like everybody learns in a, in, in, a, in a different way. You know, it has it, yeah. it has nothing to do with your your general intelligence or just everybody grasp information in a different way and people just naturally do it. I mean, I me personally, I would study for very few tests through high school. I studied for very few exams through college, and I took very few notes. I wrote very few notes down and typed up very few notes through high school and college. What I did was listen. I remember Mr. Gonzalez, um, you read for understanding. You don't read and take this, write down all these notes. They just transcribe the entire thing. Like read to understand. Yeah. And it's and he really had a big impact in my high school career. But it stuck with me. You know, I'm in college classes. You can put your phone in your left hand and write shit down with your right hand. You know. But what are you getting out of that? What are you getting out of your sixteen, seventeen thousand dollar education for that? I'm there. I was there to listen and to pay attention. Now, would some stuff go over my head? And would some stuff actually tick me off? Being at the school that I was going to, yes, it did. Did I disagree with some stuff and think that it was not relevant to what was real and true and what someone thought it was? Yes. But that's totally indifferent on terms of how I was able to grasp information. And online, just it, it was not the way for me. So I totally feel for kids that are going through that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely difficult. There's, there's fatigue. Even, you know, I look at my own son in seventh grade. He's, you know, he's been doing it since since August, September. <laughs> He's, he's had about enough. And, you know, he's getting all A's and all that stuff, like, you know, like he is expected. Um, but we've had a few challenging experiences where I've said, okay, you need to figure it out here. Well, I'll support you, You need, but you need to take the first step. You need to do what you need to do. And then I'm going to follow up in so in X amount of time. And, uh, you know, I, I think – you can see it on them. It's tough. Kids want to get back to not only being in a situation with their friends, but around people who they know support them and, and want the best for them. That's not through a screen. You know, that, there's a lot to be said for that interaction with your teachers, your coaches and whatnot in, in an in-person situation. I mean, you, you feel stuck. You feel like your life's on pause. Everybody's life is on pause, you know? For me, it was one of the toughest ruts in my life to when I was looking for full-time jobs with the idea that, you know, there was one I looked at, I worked at for two days, and I appreciated the opportunity so much, but I looked at that job, and I was like, the pay is nice, the hours should work out, the hours weren't working out for just the first two days alone, and I said, like, and some stuff went down out exterior to that in my life with a friend of mine and everything, where I was able, where I was like, if I stick with this job, I'll never leave it, I'll get stuck, like, what do you want to do, what are your dreams, like, and I, and I took a step back. And I, and I kicked the anxiety aside just somehow, some way, flipping a switch in terms of nobody's going anywhere. You're not, it's not you that just feels stuck right now. It's not you that just feels like your life's on pause. Everybody's life is on pause. What can you yeah. do right now to attack the outcome but be patient with the results? And I felt worthless but not, you know, you know, some people might go to a job or something, but they can't, you know, co-op and all that. What's that look like? Or the shop or school or learning, trying to get into college, struggling with your grades. You know, for me, like I felt, you know, without school, I was like, where, where's my purpose at? Like, wh what am, what am I working towards? You know, what, 
where, where am I leading myself to? Cause like, I don't have, you know, I don't have the piece of paper to say that I, I am qual like that. I didn't have, I, I'm not, and I wasn't on the path to doing that. And it really was cool to step back and readjust a lot of that stuff. But it's so, but, but as a teacher, it's so hard to have, you know, 30 kids running through different online classes where you can have, you, how are you supposed to have that personal impact? How are you supposed to notice that? How are you supposed to make those adjustments and changes? Tough on parents. And, and tough on teachers especially because it's tough it's tough enough to teach in that perspective and get the most out of your kids but how are you supposed to uh, for me my my like i said a lot of teachers have had a personal impact and coaches personal in- impact on me it's so limited in terms of the interaction in the sense and it, it it really has like you know you can go down it's it's you follow covid down the rabbit hole alice's rabbit hole because it problems after problems just branch off and branch off you know and that's just some of them that's just my personal experiences and i'm sure that I'm not the, and I, well, I'm not sure, I, I am sure that I am not the only one, and even at the high school level, it may seem a little different in terms of your life's purpose and what you want to do, but I'm sure there's a lot of similar feelings in terms of the anxiety there, and not knowing, like, what the future holds, because no one knows what it holds, and, and everything's stuck, you know, there's not, it doesn't, it feels no matter what you do, you can't move forward, you can't feel like you're progressing, you know, where, where do you go? Right, it, 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 honestly, I was saying it, I was saying it to Trahan today, up until last Wednesday, when we flipped the switch and all of a sudden it was planned for a season, uh, <laughs> I think the word I, I would describe myself best as is detached, just going through motions. And so I, I can I can empathize with a kid who's who's trying to do the same, but you got to find it within yourself to turn it around, like you just said, you know, step back and be able to readjust on where you want to be take those incremental steps. And I think adapting and, and adjusting back into athletics is going to be a huge step for kids, at least in our environment. In terms of recovering oh, oh. that. Yeah, absolutely recovering that. For me, it almost felt out of body for just a, for just a moment there where my, I, I remember my dad saying like, it's going through conversations with my dad and me just finding this sudden sense of calm, like before a game or whatever, before a snap, like slowing the game down. My dad taught me a whole life for slowing a football game down all of these life lessons and conquering. I know you having reached out saying anything you put your mind so you're going to be able to do. My dad's been telling me that whole life. Like people in my support groups have always told me that with your determination, there's no questions asked. You have to, but how do you get there? And I'd lost any type of motivation. I finally was able to just like out of body almost just like a switch, like a light switch, man. And that was personally for me. And I hope that sports can bring that to a lot of kids that were struggling the same way in terms of re- recovering that motivation, recovering that drive to be better themselves and to also know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel because you weren't playing football for months. You weren't playing sports for months. Now you are. So if you had no faith, that when's this thing going to be over? And I get that sense. It's not It's not you just being, oh, I'm just a miserable person. You know, I'm just, I'm, it, it, or I'm just getting 16, you know, you're 16, 17, I'm just becoming miserable. Your, your kid's not just miserable. Your students aren't just miserable. You know, because everybody has the same reaction to it. You're not, you're not alone in that sense of, oh, this thing's never going to end. And it does look like that. And it does feel like that. But to know that six months ago, you weren't playing football. Or six months ago, you weren't playing basketball. Or six months ago, you weren't playing baseball. Or you didn't think that was even a chance. Now here you are. So take full advantage of it and allow the gears to just turn their own way and, and set you up to where mentally, in terms of your mental health, which now more than ever matters, let that elevate that. Right. Oh, definitely. And and that's what, you know, that's why we we're working so hard to, to try to think of everything, um, try to do the, the extras to make sure that things go off positively and we give the best possible experience that we can. And then try to make a few things special, whether it's, uh, 
you know, uh, we, we celebrate seniors in a certain way or whatever the case may be, you know, we, we've got a few plans looking ahead um, down the road and, and throughout the season. So, and then moving forward. Um, so it, it really, uh, the first step is going to be get back in the swing to pull everyone out of the hole a little bit. And I really hope that that also injects life into the school. Because it, 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 that detachment, that feeling of going through motions, uh, it, it's almost, you know, and it, it, there's nothing anyone can do about it. But, you know, I, I used to love going into the lunchroom and taking a French fry off your plate or you know, stuff like that, kind of poking around, hopping in the lunch line with you, whatever. Just going, you know, whatever the case may be. Not anymore. It's it's kids are at desks six feet apart from each other eating their lunch and like that, that's that's brutal. You know, it, it's just it's almost sad to see at times, but it's the only way things are possible right now. And uh, so hopefully, getting kids active and moving, and um, hopefully then we'll be able to turn that over into um, you know bringing back drama, music, arts, things like that. Hopefully, we set the pace and see that it can be done. So those groups can also come back and have some sort of normalcy again. Cause you know, because I'm an, I coach two sports and I'm highly involved in sports all year long. Um, doesn't mean that I don't believe in those other, other organizations are very important as well. I mean, I had friends in high school who their, their football was drama, you know, and, and that's what they loved and thrived and worked on all year long. So I'm hoping it, it this will help inject a little bit of spirit and life back into the student body, you know? Well, I saw something somewhere. Uh, it was a comment, and it really resonated well with me, where it, with all we've been through in terms of racial injustices and COVID mm. and deaths and liberal versus conservative and Trump versus Biden and every difference you can think of and where we should have been coming together to be better people and where it drew us apart, the day that COVID ends officially in all these continents and all these countries where we have the vaccines out, where it's safe to take off our mask, it's safe to resume to legitimate normalcy. I've been saying, well, you know, for me going, you know, finally going to bars, people at bars, you know, it's going to be the same thing with high schools. Kids in high schools are going to practically celebrate elementary schools, kindergartens. It's, it, it, there's going to be such an influx of energy. Could you imagine a global holiday, a day where the entirety of humanity can say, celebrate life no thanksgiving or no christmas or i don't believe you know whether it be kwanzaa or christmas or the jewish holiday and lighting the menorah a genuine humanity holiday where everybody can just be thankful for just being able to live what is considered to be their normal life their everyday life because it's been taken away from us for so long that's brilliant i love it talk about something unifying which is everything we need you know i think that's brilliant Put that's it. I make a motion. I make a motion. Let's do it. Um, it's freaking. But but it's something else. I I, I say. You know, it, it, there's so much to go into it, but it resonated so well with me. Whether it may officially exist or not, there's always going to be, and I'm sure the people that fought, that that lived through the Spanish flu. I mean, Jesus Christ, the same people that lived through the Spanish flu, the fight in World War Two as well. You know, so there wasn't much time to celebrate for them. You know, there was so much celebration going on around with winning wars and such too, but also picking up the pieces of them. We, we're in a part in humanity now where there's a genuine ability while we're all try, around trying to destroy ourselves and different differences of opinions and so split 50-50. Everybody's so all over the place in how things are handled and, you know, what news source you watch. And 
I can't talk to you. And I mean, good Lord, there's people who will walk away from a conversation with you because you're their negative astrology sign. You, you, <laughs> you know, the ability to be able to look at it and say, like, listen, like, at the end of the day, what are we trying to do here? You know, as, as human beings live a, a humane life and being trapped inside and wearing masks and not being able to stay out late and having to make different plans and not being able to be in person, be around people, touch people, feel people, love people the way that you're meant to be. You know, what the natural human, the natural human action is just reproduction as it is, as the animal instinct. You know, all that's not, not supposed to happen with the six feet rule, you know. There has to be a genuine look at globally, looking at like, you know what? We've had our differences, whatever it may be, and you may continue to have those differences, but there has to be a day or some sort of recognition for humanity still exists. We beat this thing. Right, right. Like the Neil deGrasse Tyson thing you had mentioned too, if it was considered an alien force. You know, we beat this thing back, finally. You know, and for that, we should be proud. Right, exactly. And that, I, like I said, I think that's brilliant. I love that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I was going to ask, I mean, obviously you can go through like what, you th- what your outlooks are in terms of, you know, positive and negative. We've pretty much been everything, you know, everything, but like, what do you, you know, what do you think are going to be the biggest positives that come out of this? And also what are some of the bigger things that scare you, uh, going through this entire COVID process? Uh, as you know, we're kind of running up on that time again, but just to close it out, what do you think will be some of the biggest boost and biggest positives that come of this, but also what are the things that scare you the most coming out, uh, going into the season? Yeah, I, I definitely am looking forward to seeing the seniors have their day, um, you know, because everyone lives for their senior year of football, and every football player does. And, you know, there's some guys there, the Thomas Stans and Ryan McQuiggins, who have multiple years of varsity under their belt, and this is their time to shine, you know. Um, kid like Austin Mendes, who's done everything in the world to, to make himself better and be a good leader and be a good a good role model. You know, it's, it's those guys' time to shine. Um, but I think, you know, and I mentioned it earlier too, I'm really looking forward to seeing some some younger or different. It doesn't even have to be younger, but different leaders stand out just by naturally doing those things and naturally standing out. Um, and and really how that moves us, propels us forward for next year and, and the future from there. Um, I think to me that could have the biggest positive impact is the ability to to stand out and to lead differently than you typically would or you would typically have the opportunity to. Um, my biggest fear is that we never get to play a game and we just get shut down. That that, that would be absolutely devastating to everyone involved, from the athletic director to the coaches to the players to the parents. That's my biggest fear. Do I think that's going to happen? No. Um, I really don't. I really believe in our kids. I believe in our school, and I think we're going to do stuff the right way. Um, But I think that could be a detriment where a kid who's on the fence, a sophomore who, you know, lost a freshman baseball season in the spring, couldn't play basketball this year, then just had sport ripped out from underneath them, might say, ah, screw this. I'm never doing this again. I'm out. Why, why am I going to keep putting myself through this to just continue to be disappointed and it to really have that kind of negative drawback on kids? I think that to me is, is the biggest potential for for a negative, negative impact. Um, obviously, human safety, first and foremost. Yeah, yeah, paramount. it's obvious, you know, but that was more of that's more of what I was getting at there. But obviously, yeah. just to just to double confirm for everybody, but. 
but like yeah. but it has to be the biggest fear but i also think that that being the biggest fear that being the floor is why you guys and why everybody involved is taking it as seriously and doing as much as they can to make it happen because that being the biggest genuine fear and what effect that has on everybody involved from top to bottom from 14 year olds to you know people that are set to retire in a year or two you know right. whatever, wherever it may be that's why it shows where, why there's so much effort to make all of this happen and I, and I think that that's it, it's incredible it, it's an incredible positive to look at and you know I, I'm glad I'm so just thankful and glad to see it yeah same I can't I can't I, I've, I've been more stressed in the past four days than I have been in a year um, but I've been been injected with more energy and been more focused than I have been in an entire year so I'll take the good with the bad, <laughs> you know, if that's what it's going to take, then let's go. Let's rock and roll, man. Well, coach that about takes up our time today. I, I really want to say thank you for jumping on in the middle of the busy schedule. Um, I want to wish Matt Trahan, the other, the co-host of the breakfast of champions, the best as well. I want to wish all you guys the best of luck at old colony this season for football and for all sports involved. Hopefully I bring on more coaches in the near future. But like I said, I know this busy schedule is all around. Uh, a lot of people being teachers and also being involved in the building, but I'm going to do my best with that. Like I said, really appreciate you sitting down and having the conversation with me, Coach, because it, it helps that a lot of people know what's going on, too. I think this should be helpful to parents and such and where, where they're looking at and also for other schools and stuff to look at. How are other coaches going to look at it as well? Right, right. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. It's always good. Always good to come on with you. I, I like I'm a recurring guest. Um, and hopefully we get you back on our end too sometime soon. And, uh, really appreciate it, man. It's always good to talk to you. It's always good to be on the show. Keep pumping, keep pumping the content out and keep growing, man. <laughs> appreciate so. it, coach. Thank you very much. That is all the time we have on this one. And it's Roy Rufus and for Brandon Mendes signing off.